Hey, John. Oh, I thought you were going to start it with the popping. No, well, no, I'm not. I'm not ready for that. No, I can't even get this cage off. Dumb cage. Well, uh, <coughs> back first show post. Yeah, Dreamforce. Yeah, and uh, hope this doesn't gush. Mm. Nice. Yeah. What in the world? Uh, it sounds like a vending machine or something. So, did you get to watch uh, much of Dreamforce, or did you watch back any of the videos? Read, no, read I, the news. I, were you flying along in Slack? No, no, I was busy. I was extremely busy, um, which I won't get into. But yeah, it's been a stressful couple of weeks for me, so I had zero time to really catch up on any of it. I did make an effort to at least uh, watch Benioff's portion of the keynote. Yeah, um, I was less interested in the second half when there was doing the demos, which you know. I, I will go back and watch that stuff, but I was more interested in hearing what Benioff had to say. So I did manage to get that and we can talk about that, but yeah, I'm very confused by some things that I heard, like uh, the hardliners comment and things like that. So I guess we can get into that. Yeah, we will. This is a weird, what is this? It's a, it's like a peach. Right here, I'll tell everyone. I will tell everyone what this is. <laughs> It's like really cloudy. I, I hope, never expected I hope it. it's still good. It's almost muddy. I know. I'll take a picture of it for the for the gram. Actually, I don't. I don't do the gram. Uh, this is from. Oh, this is a, a frequent offender on the show. Casey Blending and Brewing out of Glenwood Springs, Colorado. This is their Casey Family Preserves. It's an ale aged in oak barrels with apricots. 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 What's funny is uh, when you sat it down next to me, I was smelling banana. <clears throat> I'm sorry for the gross mouth noises. That's good. That's good. I mean, theoretically, these you know these sours should last a long time. Oh, it's also hopped with Nelson and Galaxy. It looks like that was handwritten on there. They're very artisanal. Small. Yeah, artisanal, small batch. Yeah, it's my favorite kind. <laughs> Um, My favorite kind of batch is a small batch. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, what what do you from your perspective? What was the what was the narrative? The, the takeaways or exciting new things or narratives? Those are all really different questions, I guess. But I think those are my questions for you because I I honestly didn't pay attention to any of the new announcements aside from what I heard in the keynote, which was the iSight platform. I was more interested in kind of what you're because I have some things leading leading up to this on some of the things that I clipped out from the keynote. And I wanted to get from from you, from your perspective, listening to Benioff's keynote, what did you feel afterwards? Did you feel like a normal corporate keynote? Uh, or did you feel um, – I, I guess what was your feeling? What was your impression of his keynote? Or was there an impression? Yeah, oh, for sure. Um, Positive, negative, upbeat, slow. What did you think? I actually think a little less upbeat than normal. It it started off slow. I think he was the least prepared I've ever seen him. Yeah, that was my impression. Um, I don't know if did you did you watch the video? Yeah, yeah. Okay. The, the video was important. Like the audio gives you some things, and actually, if you just listen to the audio, it, you get a different perspective on on what's being said. But the visuals, the, it's it's painting a very different picture. I think. Yeah, I mean, one thing um, that I noticed when I was there, I was in, I wasn't in the the keynote room he was in. I was in one of the overflows, but um, 
you know, you notice this at the time. Hang on, I did it. I need to put my uh, Do Not Disturb on. You're so popular on a Sunday. Um, no, I just, if I don't want people jingle jangling me with text and stuff, because I think I have, let's see, do I, I've got my computer audio routed to the show here. Um, yeah, he was, he was not as prepared, uh, but, and I noticed at the time, but it was even funnier watching it back on the video, you know, his, you know, cause Mark Bendis, Mark Benioff, you gotta have a grand entrance, right? Mm-hmm. And so the, the side of the room that has the, just the <clears throat> giant screen on it. Mm-hmm. Um, they, there was a cutout in the screen and there was this like mechanized and it would, uh, when he, it, it, when he was supposed to come out on stage, that whole cutout part was the size of like a big door. It, uh, it pulls back to create mm-hmm. an opening and they, and before I did that though, they had all this like, you know, magic Einstein swirly graphic in, in that area. And then right on that area is where that, that door pulls back and Benny was supposed to come out and the, and the camera is trained on that. Um, you know, and, <laughs> and the door opens, you know, he's, he's introduced mm-hmm. CEO Salesforce, Mark Benioff, right? Door opens, no Benioff. And the cameras are all trained on that. And it's funny. Cause you can even see in the camera shot, you can see like a, a a sea of photographers that are all waiting. They're all waiting. Yeah. And then we start hearing Benioff talking. He's doing his, you know, he, and he's completely vamping. You know what? He's completely vamping. I noticed that when I saw the intro, I thought, I don't know what I was looking at because I remember hearing the voiceovers announcing him and seeing the stage. And then all of a sudden I hear him talking, but I never saw him. And then it cut over. So now, now that you're describing that situation, I do recall that in the video playback. Yeah, so finally, the, you know, the production team there found him, and he was walking in, like, the opposite side. And by the way, this is um, a giant keynote hall is probably what this the term mm-hmm. for this room was. Um, they find him, and the camera, you know, some, they get a camera to flip around, and they finally locate him. And there he is, just walking in from the opposite side of the room, completely vamping, certainly 100% off script. Maybe which, he was which just running also, late, and he just also, had to run in through through one of the side doors. Yeah, and I didn't I didn't clip any of that, but because it was just <clears throat> kind of unremarkable. Except he was just weirdly vamping, saying weird things. Um, he was, yeah. He he. There was a lot of stuttering. There's a lot of pauses. A lot of us. <laughs> there's a lot of uh, calm things down, which is weird for him to say. You know, I don't know what Dave Matthews might have left behind. He said, and that I'm like, w- what? That was what weird. was that? I know. You, you, I mean. I know this is San Francisco, but are you having to watch where you walk up, up yeah. on the stage? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> what did Dave Matthews do on stage? <laughs> this isn't the White House. This is probably not a bag of Coke left behind, you know? <laughs> I was like, what happened to Dave Matthews? He had to worry, worry around him. Um, I was also reminded. I, I forgot about guitar this. guitar picks dropped or something? I don't know. Yeah. Um, but the, you know, mm-hmm. they usually for Dreamforce will bring in a, a pretty big name to perform in that keynote hall that mm-hmm. leads up to Benioff. And... Um, they don't even for the kind of the closed circuit um, overflow rooms. They don't. They don't show that to us. Sure, because they'd have to pay for that probably. Well, but they're. I mean, Dave Matthews is already getting paid. Yeah, he's getting paid for a live is, performance, is he, is he not getting, for a broadcast where he's probably going to get royalties and everything. Yeah, and maybe maybe it's that they Salesforce just didn't, or you know, who whatever company companies you know put on this production for Salesforce. Um, maybe. Um, they don't have the ability to show the the web streamers mm-hmm. 
one thing and the people in the in the overflow rooms another because I, I think they would have probably had been able to get away with it they can just show the overflow rooms like what's happening then, that's probably all cameras are off like the act of recording it probably oh, costs money oh oh okay yeah you're probably right yeah yeah, you know, Salesforce, they don't have much money. They have to, they're, they're, they're really watching their budget. Oh, no, they got money. <laughs> I know. You well, talked about how much well, money they're, they're but, throwing around all these schools and everything. I'm like, hmm. Well, you yeah, know, charity starts in the home. I know. <laughs> and they're about, and they're, yeah. And they're, well, you know, they're about to hire back. They're probably about to be back at the head count they were before they did the massive layoffs. In fact, there was, did you see the news thing? They're hiring, they're trying to hire back a lot of their, like, executives or whatever they let go. Really? What do you do in that situation? I mean, I guess it depends on how if, if you found something or not. What does who do? Oh, if you're someone yeah. who got laid off. Um, yeah, I mean, if you hadn't found anything that you like yet, maybe you go back. I mean, even though he was still quoting, uh, not quoting, but I don't, I don't know, speaking Hawaiian. I don't. I, that sounds bad to say it like that, but I don't know how else to phrase it. Uh, he 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 certainly broke the ohana, I think, in a lot of ways with with that. Not not. Oh man, I feel like I'm putting my foot in my mouth. But what I'm trying to say is that. The necessary event of having to lay people off and get the financials under control did cause some impact to the the story, the family story of being a Salesforce employee. It eroded that to a certain extent. So it's going to have to be an act of building back that trust with his employees. So Thank you so much. Mahalo and Uiloa. Yeah. That's what I was trying to say. Yep. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um I also wonder how many of them were when they let them go. They're like, "Hey, we're gonna give you enough severance. You'll be fine until we hire you back." No, oh, maybe. Yeah. So, um, anyway. Well, maybe if they didn't hire a new C level person for every fad thing that oh, came I along. Yeah. I mean, he announced like two or three in this keynote already. Yep. It's like, okay. I know. I guess we're just throwing C level people at everything that that do nothing. Oh look, we're doing something. I got a chief version of that thing. You know what they are though, because you can, you know you'll see them on on stage. They're, they're spokesmodels. Sure, most of them are good yeah. looking and well dressed, and they speak excellently. These yeah. are these are spokesmodels. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to get into that. I guess. Well, I'll, a lot I'll, of, a lot I'll of add, I'll add to that. Sports. I was going to mention this later in the show, but it seems like a good place to interject it. Um, he's he's also taken the accomplishments of people that he's brought into the Salesforce fold. And letting Salesforce take credit for it. Like when he was talking about the AI stuff and he was talking about uh, the minority report, he's like, oh, minority report written by a Salesforce employee. I'm like, really? You had to do that? No. Oh. You had to whittle it down to, oh, a Salesforce employee wrote that movie you like. We'll, we'll get to that. Uh, anyway, um, but back to your question. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I thought it was in general kind of par for the course. Um you asked if it was more, I think, more negative or po- you know, whatever or positive than it normally. I think it's a little more negative because I think part of Salesforce um, having to ha- being in a situation where they number one they they absolutely need to keep growing revenue and profit mm-hmm. because their revenue is really kind of flatlined. Growth is really tapered off. Um, this, you know, of course, everything is an opportunity for them to try to sell more stuff into their existing accounts. And um, AI is the, the you know, in fact, this just this kind of the open AI, the generative stuff or whatever is is what they're uh, it's what they're trying to sell, and they're it's going to be expensive. They're going to have you know the gross profit for people who sign up and pay for um, their AI stuff is going to be massive, which is great for Salesforce. 
But the question, you know, is to people considering, gosh, do we pay, do we pay Salesforce, you know, 300 grand a year for something that there's other tools out there that do really the same stuff that are probably orders of magnitude cheaper. Um, and, you know, Salesforce has to make the case for why their generative AI is, you know, safer, trusted, you know, all this stuff. Right. Um, and so if you watch that keynote, you'll see he really makes the case for that. Now, part of making the case for that is having to create a lot of FUD. Right. So because of the FUD, I will say, I think this one was more negative because a lot of it, a lot of this, you know, me and I've been always like, I'm here to motivate you. I'm here to mm-hmm. inspire you. I'm here to encourage you. But but before I do that, I have to thank you. Right. He always, you know, right. he always does that shtick. Um, but what he doesn't explicitly say is I'm also here to scare you. Well, I'm glad you said that because that, that's kind of the impression I got. And I kind of want to start getting into some of our clips because we're, we're really getting into some of the areas that I wanted to drill into. Yeah, we're kind of like st- talking ahead of our clips, aren't we? Yeah, we are. Um, you start with some of yours or mine? or uh, I, I have to I have a plan to kind of go in se- sequence with mine. So I don't know if, how you want to handle that. Let's mine are numbered. So if there's some yours. overlap, let's let's do yours. Yeah, and... just warning to, to the GDS army out there. We're, John and I are probably going to have overlapping clips here because I told John, you know, hey, get some clips if you want to. Knowing that you and well, you and I would probably have some overlapping stuff, and some, yeah. some of the obvious stuff is going to be, we're both going to have clipped it, so yeah. that's, that's fine. All well, right. let's, let's start with number one. Let's. Uh, so I, I dubbed this as Benioff makes some bold claims about being the largest uh, software company. I think this was warranted of a fact check, but let's hear what he said. All right. This is unbelievable. By the way, I have to point this out. This is really weird, and I, I don't know if, so I, I clipped mine from YouTube. I don't mm-hmm. know where you clipped yours from. From Salesforce Plus. Okay, I would have clipped mine from Salesforce Plus, but their controls just aren't near as good as YouTube. What's uh, this is one? And so I'll just give some feedback to the Salesforce Plus team here because I'm sure they all listen. Um, you know, uh, nowadays, if you want to have any a remotely decent kind of video web based video player, you you need to have keyboard control. So spacebar is start and stop, pause and stop. Mm-hmm. Right arrow mm-hmm. is fast forward. Left arrow is rewind. Or, or I guess skip. I don't know what the ter- proper term is for that. And, and it turns out Salesforce Plus does support those for the ba- the first or second time you try them, and then they stop working again, and you have to actually click on the video because it's like it's almost like mm. that video control is losing focus at some point. Yeah, and so your left and right and spacebar don't do anything anymore. I think I noticed that. Yeah. yeah. So I went to YouTube, but it sounds like the Salesforce Plus stream or whatever video suffered from the same problem as these YouTube, which is in it for most of the time of the keynote, you hear the room echo of the person's voice mm-hmm. about a couple hundred milliseconds before you hear the person's, the, their mic, the channel they were mic'd on, which is weird because normally room echo is after it com- comes after. So it's, that was just a, and they've never made this mistake before. This is just an audio engineering mistake. Like this should not have happened. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. I, in terms of controls, I basically just record the whole thing. I play it back, and I'm I'm sitting in audition with my finger on the marker button. Yeah, and I just I hit mark when I hear something interesting, and then I go back and do that. Yeah, but the danger is because this is such a long recording that audition uh, craps out and and closes, which has happened. So no, oh. um, but yeah, notice that you'll hear the echo before you hear. You'll hear the, the 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 room echo channel before you actually hear the person's mic channel. 
this. Do you notice it right off the bat? Yeah. It's just, and once you hear it, you can't. Sorry. I, I wish I, you hadn't I said it because now I'm going to hear it everywhere. Yep. Sorry about that. That's why I, I use it to my advantage later on and you'll see why. <laughs> okay. This is unbelievable. The third largest software company in the world. Third largest software company in the world. Can you believe that? Incredible. No software. Right? Well, that, that's what happened to no software, John. Well, not only just software. I mean, he, he makes the generic statement software company. Not just CRM, not, not marketing, not, not any of that. Not even AI company, just software company. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a fair moniker. I just think it's funny that they, they built their whole brand and their company on, on no software. But now it's all of a sudden software. Yeah. I mean, I won't say all of a sudden. But, you know, also, why do you think they, they killed off Sassy, right? Sassy, yes. Yeah, why, why, why did they kill off Sassy? I don't know. What was, what was Sassy's costume? No software? Yep. Yeah. It's all just software. Who else have they killed off? I don't pay attention to the map. To the, oh, I don't know. I think the they added like isn't, isn't it like a flying squirrel for flow now or something? Is that a new one? Did that one get killed off? No, I think that's new. Did the zebra get killed off? I don't know. Because the zebra was, I think, new last year. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I hope not. They're they're going to run out of mascots for everyone to take home. No, they keep making them up. Wow. Yeah, it all happened in this room. It all happened in this room and with the right values. We're going to talk about that in innovation and philanthropy and ethics. It's the third largest software company in the world, except for in one place, Japan. And in Japan, he's so winded. He is. He was winded throughout this whole thing. I, mean, I probably would be, too, just from being nervous. But I'm sure he's not nervous. He that, just... that, that fed my theory that maybe he was running late and he had to run to there to get there or something. And he couldn't get to the right side of the room. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I've I've heard before that like he neither he nor Parker like to rehearse and so it's it's a chore getting them to actually rehearse this stuff. Well, there was there was parts of this I I think it's later, but it's worth mentioning now that he was really unprepared. N- not only did he not know that certain people were going to be in the audience, which is not normal. Like these were people like like the like he mentioned the mayor being there. He's like, oh, I didn't know you were going to be here. How's it going, mayor? And and then also the biggest one was. The announcement of the Einstein platform when marketing when the slide went on and it had the audio with the 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 rocket ship playing he was completely taken by surprise by that to the point he stopped his whole thing and said uh, that was marketing yeah yeah thanks marketing yeah <laughs> that was funny it was kind of cheesy and I, I mean I think he was just kind of um, having fun with the marketing team there because it was kind of cheesy. Well, yeah, but I, I think he was genuinely surprised by the audio part of it. You think so? Yeah, I think he knew the slide was coming, but I don't think either could they miss the timing with each other. Like, because he did that pause. We're going to add something. And he paused, and I think marketing was like, that's our cue. Go. And they did it, or he wasn't expecting the audio part yeah. of it. Maybe. It is the second largest software company in the world. Japan just passed Oracle, and they are now the third. Second largest software company, Salesforce. Stand up, Japanese. Oh, wow. Stand up, Japanese. <laughs> this was so cringe. So we, everyone was looking around at each other going, oh, my gosh, this is cringe. Yeah. Wow. Not only that. To pause really quick. Very good. He, he, he's, Very good. He says good Japan job. beat Oracle. Like, Japan is a company. The the way he – and I don't know what was going on with him. I don't know if he just hasn't had enough sleep, if he was rushing around. This whole event has got him flustered. He was fumbling words. He was saying words wrong. Um, like at one point he said trailblader. 
I got that. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and even with this, he says Japan beat Oracle. I I know. I I honestly I so I I did clip that um the trailblazer thing just because it was kind of funny. But I mean, can you imagine like if you had to get up and do this? How many? I mean, you yeah, know, I can't even record a podcast with you and I both tripping over our tongues constantly. So <laughs> yeah, but we're not we're not worth five five or ten billion dollars with the max with the ability to hire assistants and everyone to do it all for us time for that he was spending too much time hanging out with the celebs and and having fun to prepare for this i don't know at some point it's it's, i think we're nitpicking a little bit but i mean think about think about this week for him and uh, can you and also the show we can't even even focus on anything like we're so so all over the place (laughs) but you know he has investor day i think it was monday Mm -hmm. so that's a huge deal then he has probably high-level customer meetings all week. He's got um, PR meetings all week. He does interviews, tape uh, like live or live-to-tape interviews, mm-hmm. a bunch of those that go on national uh, worldwide TV. Um, he has this keynote. He has several other sessions. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a lot. It and, is a lot. Um. You know, I think he's overall, he's actually pretty good at this. He's good at this. I mean, again, read, go read that chapter from Dan Lyons' book, uh, Disrupted, about Benioff. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't, I don't discount I, that I mean, at all. Of course, Dan Lyons was, was critical and called a bunch of stuff out that he yeah. thought was ridiculous. But, I mean, he he's also, you know, um, acknowledges that this, is, this, com- this company is all about Mark Benioff. I mean, he, he built it. It's his charisma. He's like this, you know, larger than life physically and um, presence wise, mm-hmm. you know. I'll fully admit that I, I wouldn't have the clips or the fun I'm having without Benioff. So. I know. Yeah, no, I'm, I, I love him. I still, still. Uh, but this is part of the I fun, though, criticizing him and critiquing it. I still have to find my opportunity to go up and just run up and give him a bear hug, but. Don't get so bear tackled. I'm going to, you know what I should do is just find like buying an eBay, a golden hoodie. And then, so they won't, they will think I'm, you know, I'm safe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, do they know I'm about to give them a giant bear hug and then just run off, <laughs> throw the, throw the hoodie up in the air and run. Yeah. Actually, that reminds me, remember the, was it a couple of years ago when they had um, protesters that got in the, the keynote room and interrupted it? That was pretty cool. I don't remember that. You don't? Yeah. I think they were like climate or something. I don't know what it was. Oh yeah. I don't remember that. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Here we go, Tarkanach. Thank you. Tomorakato Kazaimashtad. Thank you very much. Ohio Gazaimas. That means good morning in Japanese. I love that upward inflection. Please thank our and in Japanese. In Japanese. I know. Well he's you know, he's got that West he's got that I'm better than you. He's got that uh, that you know West Coast you know milieu accent up talking accent. Yeah, well. Japanese friends. Yeah. All right. So anyways, I, I, thought, I thought we'd fact check that because that's pretty easy to fact check. Is Salesforce the largest sales software company in the world? Uh, well, they, he said third largest. Third largest. Okay. Well, the, the problem with this statement is he doesn't give us any context. Well, like, just, is it by market cap? Is it by earnings? Is yeah. it by revenue? Is it by number of employees? Is it U.S. market? Is it Japanese market? Because he obviously makes a distinction. Uh, he says in the world, but then he says Japan is second. Um, so I just went online and Googled its largest software companies. This brought me to a site called companiesmarketcap.com. And with this tool, you can see the rankings of companies, software companies. That's by market cap. By market cap. But is... I can also see earnings and revenue, so I can give you that too. Okay. okay. So in market cap, number three is Google. 
Salesforce is number six. Yeah. Now that's not that's not they're top ten. And, and the question you know, is is Google enterprise software? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, well, again, we don't have that context. As he said, software company. So if we go by earnings, let's see. Where does Salesforce? I mean, Google's Salesforce, tech, Salesforce, Google's number a, ten by earnings. Well, yeah. By oh. revenue, uh, number seven. Okay. Now we can actually choose Japan as a country here too. Uh, and this is where it just goes off the rails because largest Japanese companies by market capitalization. I don't see Salesforce. But how many are list. software companies though? There's a ton of software companies. Are there? Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, Benioff has his own set of facts. I guess. I just want to know where those numbers came from. I mean, same thing with, you know, their net zero claims and um, the number of number of developers, number of trailblades. It's, it's oh, yeah. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, you ready for the next one? Uh, yeah. Yeah. This is... Uh, you know, this, oh, I no. went down... I wanted to right. set this up because... This was another one of those cringe moments for me, because this this is obviously a fake story. Um, but I titled this one, Benioff attempts to endear the audience with a tale of going back to his old school, but comes off as creepy. Okay. Oh, I know what you're talking about, yeah. You know, yeah. I went down my street, literally walked three dot blocks down my street, Presidio Middle School, knocked on the door like this. Got the principal to open the door. He's like, who are you? Mark Benioff. Why are you here? Pause. You need anything? <laughs> I love that pause. And this is him telling his own straw man story. <laughs> He's like, he knocks at the door. They're like, who are you? I'm Mark Benioff. Yeah. I mean, how do you not know me? Right. The king of San Francisco. Yep. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, you want to walk me around? Show me what you're doing at the school? Sure. Shows her out, whatever. Playground was there. My mom went to this school, Presidio Middle School. The playground is the same playground that was there when she was there. Is that amazing? It is. Is that amazing? Yes. <laughs> I love someone in the back. He, he, had, he was like, come on, come on, say yeah. yeah Anyways, right. it probably was amazing. So there's two things I want to make about this. One... That is not a real story. I don't know about your guys' school, but I can't even get into my own child's school. It's like lockdown, like Fort Knox. There's a funnel I go through, and I go straight into the front office. I have to show my ID. If I don't have an ID, I have to take a picture, and I have to sit in the office and wait for someone to come and escort me. Yeah. I mean, there's no way he just randomly walked up and was like, eh, show me around. It's like, sure. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm sure it was an arranged thing. Yeah. So. No, I don't even think it's a real story. Not even a oh, range thing. Okay. I don't think it's a real story. Anyway, the was second it, point. Was his mom or his, his grandma? That that's was the was thing. It? He said his mom, okay. but he made it sound like he was telling a story about him going to his old school. So I don't know if it's his old school that he went to and his mom went to. Like they've like that school's been around for that long. I mean, if his mom or went to it, he just went to his old neighborhood where his mom lived, and that was the school she went to. He said it was in his neighborhood where he li- where yeah. he lives now. I, oh well, I don't know that yeah. context. But anyways, if that school was around way back then, it was probably a really fun playground because playgrounds aren't as fun as they used to. No, be. not well. I'm sure they've removed the monkey bars and all that stuff. Oh yeah, the that spinning thing. Yeah, what is uh, the, what is that called? God, what is that called? Like a, it's not a merry go round. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, what it is. Okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, those are can't have those anymore. No. <laughs> yeah. All right. We've all seen the movie Terminator and Minority Report. Minority Report was even written by a Salesforce employee, Peter Schwartz. There's some good parts of those movies. 
there's some not so good parts of those movies. I don't know which parts of those I really want to have happen. But now we're starting to get into the AI story here. And uh, I, I, I'm gonna he had this really weird cadence to his talk where he was going high-pitched very often. I don't remember him doing that previously. Oh, no, he does that. Yeah, I know so, he does it, he but it seemed more, to happen but... more often yeah. recently. So I don't know what, what the reason for that was. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I think it's just his, I think that's just his way he speaks. I do have more to say about that, but I've got a couple of clips around it, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'll save it for then. Okay. All right, so here's where we have to pause. Don't play the next clips. Okay. Because right here is where we have a choose-your-own-adventure. Oh. <laughs> and you get to choose. There's 004A, and that's that's one <laughs> wow. clip. So and then there's here. 004B. So you can go down path A, or you can go down path B. Uh, path A is what we've been doing. Path B is something a little more dramatic. And I'll let you decide. I mean, do we? does that mean that we don't get to go down the other path? Or That means... Uh, well, if it's path A, that's probably not worth going into. If you choose path A, then we can save path B for end of show credit thing. Um, I I don't know. I don't know how to pick, John. You should pick path B. Path B? Okay. Because I spent time on it. All right. Let's see that. Here we go. Ooh. You can look at all the technology things. It is going to radically change our landscape. Everything is going to shift at the same time. And did you do some production here, John? Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't remember this. Like a lot of new technologies in our industry, there appears to be this thing called a trust gap. Somehow, there might not have been as much trust built into these technologies as you might have expected. Where did that data just go, or that query? What, what is happening? It's using it to get smarter and you'll never see your data again. Not exactly how we operate in the enterprise world that these LLMs are hungry for our data, where they just go out onto the net and get whatever data they can get. And the next set of data they want is your data, the corporate data. That will make them even smarter. Okay, it's like a, he's on the giant voice system. <laughs> these things are good, but they're not great. You know, you get a lot of answers that aren't exactly true. They call them hallucinations. I call them lies. Like, these LLMs are very convincing liars. They really are. It's amazing. And, of course, they can turn very toxic very quickly. Will we get trust out of it at the end of the day? Will we really know what we're going to result with? I don't know which parts of those I really want to have happen, but it's our values that are going to guide us to those directions. And that's where we have to start thinking about what are we doing with this technology? There is no question that this AI opportunity is going to change everything and probably anything. <laughs> that's good. I don't know why, but when I was doing clips, that whole segment just came off as such a, uh, like a, warning like like he's doing some kind of like global warming talk or something you're talking about the doomsday of our planet yes. oh yeah some outdoor it was, stuff it was it was very on the neg for, for sure yeah well that's what that's my i think that's what we were talking about earlier it's just, uh, he's they've got a they've got to set the stage for why you would buy salesforce's version of this for yeah. a lot more money <clears throat> right and i i mean i, I i'm kind of I, I i'm buying it a little bit honestly are you? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I, th- I think I haven't got to play with it yet, you know, but it, 
I mean, just based on they, they, they kind of sold me. Like I, I think that, for example, um, you know, if you're going to feed your data in mm-hmm. to some model, then you know, Salesforce automatically like masks out like PII credit card numbers. You shouldn't store credit card numbers in Salesforce, but <laughs> um, you know, social security numbers, any, any of that kind of stuff. It automatically masks that stuff out, so that stuff never makes it into the model. And then, um, you know, it's doing all kinds of filtering and stuff on the on the way out. And that's, I mean, that's especially important for like r- real time stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's even important for the for the non real time stuff. You know, if it's if you're using Salesforce's generative stuff to like, you know, create um, marketing letters and and whatever like whatever stuff that's gonna stuff that's gonna get to customers or get out in the in the public. Mm-hmm. Um, even even though it's not real time, and you know you need you do need a human that is, um, what's the word like, verifying and kind oh, of yeah um, editing that yeah. um, curating maybe curating it. Um, you still you still want it, Salesforce to do as good of a job as possible as like detoxifying and all that kind of crap because humans make errors just like AI does, and um, it, you know human human that will slip past a human every once in a while because th- that's the problem with the generative stuff. Just like generating code, it's like. You know, generate me an HTML page for a login screen. And brrr, okay, it'll do, it does that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the danger here is if you don't have a skilled developer who's saying, "Okay, that looks great," but let me let me go through this with a fine tooth comb and make sure it's right. Make sure there's not some, you know, exploit the guy built into this or whatever. Well, there's automated there's, scrubbing that do, that can accomplish that, but yeah. the the person viewing the data has to be the person who's putting the data in. It can't be Salesforce. Salesforce can't see that data. They're not supposed to. Yeah, yeah. They can. They, they can. <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> he says in his keynote specifically several times, yeah. we don't see your data. We've never seen your data. Well, they. Uh, it depends on what level of engineer you are at Salesforce. They're no, often, he's saying it's black to them. No, it's not. Completely. No, it's That's what he's saying. Not. I mean, Salesforce, except for Hyperforce, doesn't have encryption at rest. So you tell me their DBAs can't execute SQL scripts. I mean, of course they can. Now, sure, like Salesforce support, they, they don't have low level access to systems so they have to you have to grant them access for them to because they're just logging in through a web browser like anyone else is mm. yeah so well in some ways I, th- I think you're right i think they i think he is selling it i just don't agree with his tactics for selling it if we go back to and, and, and parker alluded to this when he first got into the stage you know when he talked about the the sharing model and how they had to build trust because people didn't want were afraid of putting their data on the internet and that was a real problem they had to overcome. And that's where this whole trust thing came from, was to overcome that. And they did a great job at selling that. And then they, they did a great job at selling the false cloud and, and talking about platforms yep. um, over just, you know, CPU bits that you're buying. Um, but with this, this is different because they're not making a case for why Salesforce is better. They're making a case for why you should be scared of not using Salesforce. And I think that's a whole different approach. And I'm not sure I agree with it. Yeah, I just... I think that's just business. I just mean the tactics. Like it's yeah. a negative approach versus a positive approach, meaning these are all the great tools and everything that you can feel confident with in using Salesforce. Here are the here are the, the decisions you have to make. You know, is my data secure? Can I X, Y, Z? And Salesforce solves that by this, this, this. But no, they're not saying that. I mean, in some ways I mean, they, they are. are. They are. But they're they doing, are. They're, but, they're taking, but they're not, coming a good of, portion of yeah. his speech was focused on how scary AI is. Yeah. He was throwing things right. like Terminator and Minority Report out. He was yeah. throwing these concepts, and that's that's seeding your brain. That's 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 putting ideas in your head of why <laughs> oh, how. Of, of how how yep. 
of you should be scared of that stuff. Yeah. And this is and but you, you don't have to be scared of Salesforce because we're different. I mean, sure. I I, I mean, I, listen. If I was in charge of marketing, I would probably have them do the same thing because it's it's a natural. It, it's a it's, it's first of all, it's a real concern. It's valid. Everything he's saying is valid. Now, you know the 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 links he's going to to scare us. You know with. Um, talking about these, you know, scary movies and, and Terminator and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, you can you can quibble about that, mm-hmm. but I mean, I think the danger of AI is very real. That's why so many companies still do they. It's banned. Like using generative AI is is banned. Um, a lot of companies are like they're not allowed to use GitHub Copilot, for example. Because but I don't think it's banned for for terminator reasons they're not scared that it's going to take over the world no no but no, they're but, scared of ip lawsuits isn't making that case they're making the they're, that's what their case they're making the case of, that's not the case of, he's making they're making no he is he makes the case of your data leaking out of getting of getting places it's not supposed to get of of um again of of ai you know hallucinating or or producing stuff that is just not appropriate you know mm-hmm. that's i mean those are the when he gets down to it, that's that's the case he's making. He's not making the case that, hey, if you use uh, if you use you know Chat GPT instead of Salesforce, you know your your Chat GPT is going to take over the world and kill everyone. <laughs> yeah, but no, I mean those are the short term concerns. Is that it's not good enough to make to produce good results? Yeah. The long term concern is is what he's alluding to when he says Terminator and Minority Report. Those are the long term concerns that he's that he's trying to alleviate, not the short term. And I think that's where the message is failing. Well, let me let me alleviate because I don't think companies care about that long term vision. Let me, I don't even think they believe <laughs> it's going to turn into a terminated situation. They believe that they're going to get sued one day because they're going to because they're going to let some run, some bot run that's going to use someone's IP and they're going to get sued. That's yeah. what they care about. Well, let me uh, assuage your concerns, John. I think this will I think this will satisfy you mm. um, by just informing you that Mark Benioff is pushing for AI. Uh, regulation. Oh, certainly not a bootlegs and Baptist situation. Of right? course not. This isn't. Of course not. It's not regulatory capture. They're not as one of the largest enterprise software companies in the world. They're not trying to cement their position and and block out competitors via regulation. They would never do that. No. How dare you? Well, John, you did a good job on that. That was that was that was fun. I, I like <laughs> you know. It's good to have fun with these things. I think I think the um, I think the army likes to hear that kind of stuff. All right, so we'll say four A for the uh, for the uh, outro, the after. No, the four A is just like the non dramatic version. Oh, of that. okay. Well, that's, you that? could even actually play oh, a little that. bit of it just to see how different it comes off without the dramatic that music. Wasn't even an option then. I'm glad you had us do B. Okay. Oops. Wrong button. At the same time, like a lot of new technologies in our industry, there appears to be. I mean, honestly, that reverse echo is creepy enough. Yeah, I did add more echo to it, though. Oh, yeah, obviously. Somehow, there might <laughs> it was like more cowbell, just more echo. Built into these technologies. Yeah. All right, well, let's move on. Okay, Einstein platform, ready to go? Oh, yeah, this was just my... We talked about this earlier, but go okay. ahead. And that's why at Salesforce, our amazing engineering team... Okay, our amazing engineering team... Here's my engineering leader right here, smiling. My, my amazing engineering team and my amazing product teams... They've been saying now for the last nine months, especially as we go through this next wave in degenerative, and as we start to head towards autonomous and agents, they said, we need to do something very, very different. 
Because before we turn all this technology over to you and say that we are going to stand behind it with our values, we are going to add a little something. And what we're going to add... (laughs) This is amazing. It's a magical time. That's that's our marketing team. (laughs) Thank you, marketing team. That was awesome. So great job. We're going to add our Einstein platform. And this Einstein One platform, which is what we are going to show you at this show and what you are going to get your hands on at this show, and we're going to let you get into this technology at this show, this Einstein One platform is very excited. We want to build at Salesforce the trusted AI platform for customer companies. That is our mission around AI. We want to build the trusted AI platform for customer companies so that everyone is an Einstein and more productive. Everyone's an Einstein, John. And more productive. That was one of the themes. Everyone's an Einstein. Yeah. I wonder if you could have squeezed in a few more amazings and show in that little little segment. Well, you know. I think you could use one or two more. Just salt it in there a little bit more. Yep. Um, I was going to say, oh, what? So... What this is an ask John, I guess. What what is the Einstein One platform? I have no idea. It's Einstein. Can I would like to, I would like someone to compare and contrast the Einstein One platform, the Salesforce One platform, the Customer Three Hundred and Sixty platform. Well, the Einstein platform is the intelligence side of it, and the platform will grow as they bring more products into Core, so that they can now use once oh, it's in Core, but, they can. Hmm. And I have clips on Core. But actually, that's coming up next. Yeah. Maybe we shouldn't get into that yet. Yeah. Because uh, core, core, I think might be a longer discussion because he said some things in core that like really pissed me off. I don't know if I'm going to have any clips. Why? Not just because you've you we clipped on the same things. Oh, okay. that's okay though. <laughs> I think I'm, I think I have to get my buzzer ready for this next one though. Yeah, this one was tough. This one was tough to get through. All right, let's do it. What we want to do is build an integrated platform. Number one. So we have these great apps, Sales Cloud and Service Cloud and Marketing Cloud and Commerce and Analytics and Platform. And for the apps that we acquired, we're moving them into our core. The reason why we're moving them into our core no, you're not. is so they can all use can our you? metadata framework. We have found the metadata framework is the key to integration. So that when you write these applications and its resulting metadata, it's all tied together in a smart way. And all the industry applications as well, so that our entire application framework is surrounded by metadata. And then, as we talked about last year, we've built this amazing new data cloud, this incredible new data lake, this incredible new data warehouse that we call Genie, this data cloud. And this technology is amazing. And um, So, first of all, we're not supposed to call it Genie anymore. No. Um, and also, I, I've been told by many Salesforce executives and all their literature that data cloud is not a data lake. It's not a data lake. It's a pond. Um, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't, th- I don't know if anyone knows what it is, what it really is. What is the Einstein One platform, John? Does anyone really know? Uh, Matthew McConaughey knows. Yeah, he does. He's Let's the only, he's on the the only one. Yeah. yeah. It's not some separate data cloud on some kind of separate server or all by itself. Oh, yeah, yeah, it no. yeah, it Even Salesforce is it's now a separate server. It's deeply integrated within our technology. So you don't need a separate team to operate it 
or a separate set of components inside our platform. And we have Einstein that's not just predictive, but generative and soon to be autonomous with agents and soon to be AGI. And Einstein, though, is also deeply integrated in our platform. And that idea that the platform has AI, data cloud, and all these apps, as well as a platform to build new apps. Because we see a lot of opportunity to build new kinds of apps. And then we've connected Slack and Quip and Canvas and Tableau and Heroku and Google's products and Microsoft's products into our metadata framework so that it can read our data. Mm. And MuleSoft to federate the information to other systems. Wait, wait, wait. This is really important. This slide... First of all, if they're all integrated, why do I need MuleSoft to run integrations between all these things? Right. It's the very simple idea that we believe carries us forward into the future that gives you the ability to build these next generation applications. This idea that it has metadata that's integrated and shared makes Salesforce fast and easy so that you can create once and run anywhere. That is amazing. And that everything that upgrades automatically, you know, we recently upgraded the cloud application in Salesforce. And when we did it, we had to stop our operations for a month. I couldn't believe it. That's not true. My executives will tell you, I was flabbergasted. I'm like, everyone doesn't just upgrade automatically the way we do? No, no. We, I thought it's on the cloud. It is. But does it use metadata? It doesn't exactly use metadata. Wow. But the data model, the sharing model, the validation rules, the record types, the page layouts, the permissions, the profiles, the codes, the flows, they're all polymorphic. The codes? That means that they can flow through the apps and the data cloud and they flow through the platform and all your applications. So if you create a new field, it populates from the data cloud through the apps all the way to Einstein, that it's all one integrated polymorphic system. Um, what we want to Oops. What is that? It's autoplay? Um, <clears throat> wow. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's so much there. Um, I know. So much that I even missed. Um, metadata. Metadata. Collect your thoughts. I, I, I just can't get over them. I can't get over metadata. I mean, it's it's necessary, but it's still one of the most. It's always been broken, and it's one of the most broken parts of Salesforce. Right. I could write multiple dissertations on how broken their metadata is. Right. And even the st- the upgrade story when he talks about how what you're automatic you're That's, a vendor I, and you can't upgrade things. Dude, on your platform, I can't just upgrade things. Maybe you can, but I can't. Um, so it's just automatic, John. So that means that I'm sure uh, you're in your job and your previous jobs that uh, when Salesforce is rolling out an upgrade, you didn't have to worry at all about anything. No. Nope. You never ran into incompatible, broken metadata. Um, you know, it's uh, it's automatic so that you don't, you don't even need to test anything, do you? Right? You mm-hmm. don't need to test anything. No. There's no IDs in the metadata, so that's not an issue. And um, and since you don't have to test anything, you certainly don't even have to worry about the upgrade schedule um, right. because you don't have any choice on that. Oh, wait, wait, maybe you do. Do you have a choice when you get upgraded, right? No. Oh, no, you don't? Okay. So that means theoretically, if you did have to do a lot of testing and a lot of fixing of stuff that was still broken and that was you know just kind of this manual process of trudging through all this crap and dealing with incompatible sandboxes on different releases – 
um, you don't have to worry about that at all. So it doesn't it doesn't matter when the upgrade schedule is. But if but if it did matter, then that but that would suck that the upgrade schedule is something you don't control at all. Right. Although in fairness, we do have some limited feature flags that we can use, but they they usually get killed off after a while. Yeah, that is that's something I still haven't I haven't figured out. By the way, is um, managing, you know, if you're doing if you're doing DevOps or what Salesforce calls DevOps, ain't really DevOps. If you have dedicated DevOps engineers, you're not doing DevOps. That's for sure. Um, but do you have a separate branch for the like when you get your first pre-release sandbox? Do you go ahead and separate, create a separate branch for that? Because your metadata, you if you put, <laughs> it's an issue. Yeah, if, uh, your metadata is going to be different on that pre-release org. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, what do you do now? Benioff said they had to stop for a month. They had to stop their operation. Well, that's that certainly is not ideal, right? So, um, let's just take your you know you don't have to go into any details, but like your you know your your work for as an example. Uh, you got to maybe have a month or so with the pre-release org. Mm-hmm. So you branch off for that because that's going to be different metadata. So you, you, you pull it all down to, because now I know we're supposed to be sources of truth, but it turns out when you reef, when you spin up that new sandbox that's on that pre-release, you, that org is actually now the new truth because right. it's going to produce different metadata. Yeah. So you have to pull that sort, that org source down. To merge it in with your source, so you have a new kind of Franken version of what is the, your source of truth. But you you can't stop your operation for a month, right? No, no one can afford that. Nope. So you still have people that are doing work on non-pre-release orgs because work still has to get done. And how do they merge that work into the pre-release branch? They don't because the metadata versions are different, and you there are subtle differences that will absolutely kill you when you go to deploy if you don't understand all this. So that's why I say, and maybe you know, all this, there's some definitely some geniuses out there have figured this out, and I just don't know what I'm doing. I I don't think it's just not a simple problem to solve. I agree, and and, and none of this. I mean, I get what Benioff's doing when it, when he makes it sound so simple and so easy. I mean, obviously he's trying to sell the product, he's trying to sell the tools, but. It's if it's really that fast to solve the problem with a declarative tool or with just the platform in itself, it's then it wasn't it wasn't a real problem. I, I hate to say it that way, but there are things that we have to deal with, you know, that are real problems. And it's not so much the technology that's holding its back; it's how to solve the problem in a way that that gets us at least eighty percent of the way there. Yeah. This, this is still <laughs> this is the hardest problem I deal with. We just I'm basically I mean, man, we're we're I I just see I see this all the time. People really really still struggling with this. Yeah, I want I'll let you pour this. So this is a good old uh, what are they called? Bourbon Bourbon County brand stout from uh Goose Island. A once famed brewery, now you know owned by AB and Bub. So, oh, the stouts are one of my favorites, and we're getting into winter time, so it's socially acceptable to drink them. Yeah, 
<laughs> I, I really don't drink. I'm a year-round stout guy, but I know people usually hold off to winter for them. I really don't drink beers like th- like this much anymore, just because they are they have a lot of sugar and I just, yeah, they're heavy, but they're they're really tasty. Yeah, I didn't I haven't eaten today, which is good and bad. Um, but so I I have. I, I wish some, I, had I have some room today. in my calorie budget. Ate some leftovers that I regret. Yeah, you know the, the thing is, I mean, oh, I, I, since we're talking about metadata and DevOps and deployment and all that kind of stuff, I mean, they've they've given us a, a the tooling situation in some ways has improved remarkably. Um, you know, the the CLI at least lets you automate a lot of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Whereas before, I mean. I mean, before the CLI, I and it worked, but I had a system, kind of a somewhat advanced system of like Ant scripts and Python scripts mm-hmm. that did some pretty cool stuff. I mean, even I mean, gosh, ten years ago, I was doing diff-based deployments where you know these scripts would look at your metadata on disk on your you know in your source tree, mm-hmm. pull down your org's metadata that you're deploying to, which was granted it's a slow process. But if you have a big metadata that can't be deployed in one deployment, because there's a dumb limit on that, <laughs> seriously, fix that. That's just a dumb, dumb, dumb limit. Uh, this would do a diff between your source and your target org and figure out what metadata was actually different and only send up a deployment package of, of that, uh, of the, ch- like a change set almost. Right. <clears throat> and you could handle the uh, destructive changes. Now, it turns out, even though I was doing that 10 years ago with Ant scripts and Python, um, it's still hard. It's still hard to get that nowadays. Mm-hmm. There are, there are, I'm discovering more in this kind of ecosystem of SFDX plugins, which, by the way, again, again kudos to them, the SFDX team for the CLI team for um, adopting, I would say, probably this plugin architecture. Right. Because uh, there's some good stuff out there. Yeah, but you know now you're now you're you're kind of getting that territory of kind of what we've criticized other ecosystems for. It's like there's just so many ways, and there's so many plugins out there with kind of overlapping functionality, and everyone's kind of solving this problem in their own little way on their own. And just and it, it just now you can I mean you can spend you can spend months evaluating these different things, right? <laughs> and and seeing if they really work on a large real code base or or do they not? Um, I just still run into things all the time, and thank God for our Slack community that I can post some of these things to, and they're like, "Oh yeah, here's how I solve it." You know, like there's just so yeah. much, there's so much manually massaging of metadata that people are still doing. I say manual, but you can automate a lot of it, mm-hmm. but it's still, I mean, manual in that you shouldn't have to, you shouldn't have to run transforms against your source tree constantly, right? Um, but I mean, yeah, it's it's gotten better, and it's. I don't. I don't know. If a, I mean, Salesforce. It's just a. It's such a giant system. It's, it's kind of unique. I mean, the for better or worse, you know, your your metadata, your code, your data structures. It's all in the same. It's all in the same source. Um, whereas in traditional software, you know, your database is separate, and you can have like a a set a running set of like database migrations. So when you upgrade to the next thing, you know, it just it yeah. just it's just we don't you know we don't have that, and that's that's an ongoing challenge. Yeah, there's there's definitely a pros and cons to it. There's there's some pros to to your database kind of being synonymous with your platform in a lot of ways, especially the security model and everything else. You're not really having to worry about about any of that part part of it. Um, but yeah, you do kind of lose the ability to kind of 
keep them separate, manage them separately, upgrade them separately, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I don't know which way I prefer. I think I prefer the luxury of the of the platform with its security me- mechanisms and everything mm-hmm. else. I kind of like that part of it. Yeah. It allows me to focus on the things that really do matter, I guess, I should say. Yeah, yeah. I do think there's, I mean, just in the, there's, there's some really intractable problems that I don't, again, I, I don't think I'm even qualified. I mean, well, I say even, I make that sound like I feel like I'm a qualified person. I don't, I don't feel like I'm a qualified person, Um, (laughs) but I can, I I don't even, I don't know who, you know, it would be incredibly difficult to solve some of these problems. However, there are, there is low hanging fruit. Yeah. Um, there are still teams at Salesforce that are doing a bad job of implementing basic metadata for their product, for their feature, or whatever it is. They can that can be fixed. There can be higher standards on some of that stuff. I mean, I'm I'm still seeing dumb stuff in metadata. And again, thankfully, um, we've got some tooling and some some people out there who just have these hard fought battle scars that know how to get around a lot of this stuff. Um, but it is kind of difficult when you don't have. The history of something, if we're talking about the metadata, and we're talking, and let, let's let's tie it to the conversation of IDs versus named values, because uh, in in some ways IDs make sense because you're not tying yourself to a name. You can change that name, yeah, and everything else. It, you know, point. you have that relational data model where it can just the, those things are inherited by that ID, so the change is is non trivial. However, in aspects where you where it's the name value is the key. And you change that. This is a problem. What you end up with is a new thing yep. and a missing how or you, deleted. Value. How do you, in a in a sane way, how do you rename a custom field when the name of the custom field is the unique identifier for that right. field? Yeah. Now, a lot of people know that custom fields actually do have IDs. So maybe that would be your solution. Like, oh, we use just the ID of the field, and then, then that's not your identifier. It, it, the name is no longer the identifier, so that's just an easy thing. Right. But IDs are an org-specific mm-hmm. construct. Right. And there's the problem. And if you yeah. create that ID in a sandbox or in a scratch org, when you deploy somewhere else, it's going to get a different ID. This is where, like, maybe Salesforce, instead of their just weird ID scheme they came up with, 25 years ago. Maybe instead of that, they should have done GUIDs. That's what I was going to say. I wonder if GUIDs is the answer to the problem. But the problem, I think the problem, the reason they have an org-specific ID is because your data is not isolated. You don't get your own database. And so there's mechanisms that that require context of that ID. So I don't don't know how you divorce that. Hmm. I'm not sure I'm following what you're saying, but... It's, It's almost like a fallback safety mechanism and you can look at this id and know which org that id belongs to how, how do you do that well they can because they well i guess they have the mappings i mean um yeah the, the, yeah. the idea does ha- well the ids do have the pod built into like the right into the um, no i don't maybe doesn't the pod like the fourth character or something something or like that yeah but even that is not it's, I mean, even that gets blown away when they do org migrations. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know if my argument is sound anymore. GUIDs seem like the answer. Yeah, because you need to be, when you create a, you know, let's just say custom field again, just to keep the consistent example here. When you create a custom field, it'd be great if you could provide, like right there in whatever environment or whatever, however you're creating that, you provide a unique identifier for that field. That is a globally unique identifier that can be used in whatever org you deploy that to. That identifier is mutable. I'm sorry, immutable, and 
unique. Oh, well, here's the, the problem. World. What do you do about managed packages in that aspect? Because now you have an ID that would be in multiple works. And is that, that an issue? No, that's, that's, it's a perfect solution to that. In fact, even yeah, you know, I've I've always, and this has always been an issue since since I started programming, which is putting logic into IDs. We always do it. We always yeah. want some way of being able to read that semantic ID, that serial number, I that don't SKU, like that product number, whatever it was. We've been doing this since time and material. Yeah, T- time and material. Immemorial. Immemorial. <laughs> Sometimes time is. You know what? Yeah. Time being immaterial is is uh, philosophically more than I can handle right now, considering how much I drink. <laughs> That's what it is. I'll blame the beer. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we've been doing that for forever and I've never liked it. It's always caused problems. It, it, it seemed like an easy solution because now you have this piece of data that someone could look at and read it and with their secret decoder ring can figure out what, what's going no, on there. I, but it's, it, it's led to more problems than it solves, I think. Yeah. And there's, I mean, there's different theories on this. I mean, you know, you have the idea of like, I think natural keys is what we call them. So like the identifier is semantic. Um, I just think, you know, it, it, it's sca- that those things don't scale though. They're, they're convenient and they can be useful, but they don't scale at all. Yeah. And just some kind of, you know, globally unique opaque identifier solves a lot more problems than it, than it causes. Yeah, but that's got to be fixed. I mean, it's just like you're you're never going to have DevOps. You're never going to have automated your anything. You're never going to have um known good builds. Like you you can in Salesforce, you can never say this. Okay, we are happy with this build. It's blessed. Now put that in production. Nope. Nope. Right. You have no ability to get that exact exact set of bits in production or anywhere else. Right. You know, and I'll, you know, cue the change my mind meme on that. Right. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad to listen to arguments, but I think I can shoot them all down. You cannot get a, an approved set of bits into another org with, with any kind of guarantee that what ends up in that org is the exact same set of bits as where it came from. In fact, all my, and what's funny is like, all of these DevOps products, which now some of them have do great stuff. I mean, in fact, I've kind of been looking at some of just their documentation just to see how they're solving things and their philosophy on things, including DevOps Center. And they all say, whoo, hang on, don't track all your metadata. That's bad news. Right. They're literally saying, yeah. don't worry about a lot of the bits. Mm-hmm. Just hope that they're okay in the destination org. Yeah. And you've done that firsthand. You know why they say that. Absolutely. Because it's impossible. Yeah. It's impossible. We can go back a few months, a few episodes ago when so, you were trying to and just, rebuild an org from metadata, the yeah. scratch org. Oh, yeah. And and just this is why for, you know, because, again, um, I, you know, I appreciate that we and I, I think we try to I know we get techie sometimes. And, you know, I talk to a lot of people at Dreamforce that are like, yeah, I mean, you know, I listen to you guys, but, you know, you're you're technical. Sometimes it's just too technical for me. I'm like, oh, well, I was like, well, I, I, I'm sorry to hear that. I, mean, I, I think we we try to have a big tent. In, in this community and with the shows that you and I record. Um, I know we're, we're going to get techie, but I think we also try to explain some of this stuff. And, and we also talk about a lot of non, a lot of stuff. I mean, until this, until the past 10 minutes, we hadn't really gotten very technical. Um, where's it going with that? 
Yeah, this is this is a Sounded problem. Good. This is a problem with drinking on the show. I know. Um, um, I don't know. I forgot where I was going with that. I wish I could rewind myself. That's fine. I liked it. Yeah. Now we're talking about metadata. We're talking about metadata. De- deploying. Deploying. Oh, I don't know. Well, let's move on. Yep. Let's do a Benny of Strawman's a naive banking CEO. And I hope this is a fake is straw man story. Yeah, this is seven. Okay. Because if this was a real person, he really insulted this person. Uh, oh. So I'm hoping this is one of those fake straw man stories. Just, just tell, I know what you're talking about. It, it is. Okay. You know, I recently had a CEO of a bank come to see me. Amazing CEO. One of the top five in the world. I- CEO, by the way. CEO. Yeah, CEO. CEO. Yeah. Operating officer. Yeah. Yeah. Chief officer. Chief officer. So- oh, yeah. It should be COO. But he's just, I think he's saying CEO. No, I think he's saying COO. No, I don't think he is. So this is the thing when Benioff says CEO, he doesn't say the E. He's saying CEO, I think. Let's listen again. You know, I recently had a CEO of a bank come to see. I think he said CEO or trying to. Me, amazing CEO. One of the top five in the world. I got this LLM thing figured out, Mark. Don't Texas. worry about a thing. I'm taking all. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a, All right, no, everyone, look up top five no, bankers in it's Texas because <laughs> Mark Benioff's about to denigrate him. Yeah, and of course he has to make him sound like a a, a Southern hick. Yeah. Why, Mark? <laughs> That's not fair. That's a Texan accent. I, if I ever heard I one, I represent this. My customer information, putting it into the LLM, hitting a button. Boom, it's going to be like a Cuisinart. Bam, it's super smart. Is he, was he trying to say Cuisinart? What, yeah, Cuisinart? What did he say? He said Cuisinart. Also, that's such and a... And what fu- Cuisinart? That is such like, a funny... No, that's such a funny throwback because Cuisinart was known for the their blender. Yeah. That was like their hit product in like the 70s, I think. Well, I mean, Cuisin- when, Cuisinart is like basically a Williams-Sonoma brand. Of course, he had someone from Williams-Sonoma there. So I think that's why yeah. Cuisinart was in his brain but Cuisinart oh, I don't think so and first of all I don't think William Sonoma I don't think Cuisinart is a William Sonoma brand I think it is you think so I think oh, I, th- what's the I don't other think it's one? high end enough what's the it's, it starts with a B is it Braville uh-huh. Braville oh Breville yeah that's, that's what the coffee, sell a lot the of. coffee stuff oh that, that thing no they got tons of different products do they okay Breville does yeah okay you're very much more up That's on that. That's because I, I, I like their products. They're expensive, say, and they, they're, they're stainless steel looks really cool and everything. You're but much yeah. more in touch with kitchen wares than I am, I guess. I'm domesticated. <laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs> Potty trained. We can tell who cooks in the De Santiago household. Actually, that's probably not fair. It's not fair. Mike, not so fast. Why is that? Well, number one, we work with your bankers and your executives all over the world. You know, this banker can't see this person's data. Well, I know that. Well, where's the sharing model and what you're doing? What's the sharing model? Welcome to Salesforce. That's so <laughs> condescending, share- the way he said that. I, just, I know. Just, even, even in a straw man story, it just, <laughs> it doesn't, it's not endearing at all. I know. Well, I get, you get his point, though. What the sharing model is, so that employees are getting the right data at the right time. It's built in. It has to be built into everything that we're doing. This is why I, 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 I do have to say, though, if Salesforce does this right... With all the generative stuff. I, I think they, I don't think people can, I mean, I think they will have a very compelling product that, that you just, you can go try to do it on your own. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, you, cause there's, I promise you, there's going to be all kinds of ways to hook up LLMs to your Salesforce org right. that are outside of what Salesforce offers. Sure. 
But I, th- but I think Salesforce uniquely is in a position to do it a lot better than anything else. Well, I think I think and, they'll and, have and, the and, same problem that everything else does, is they will provide a great way of doing it. And it'll solve the the really quick wins very, very, very well. But I think the complex ones is where you're going to run into issues. They're still going to have limiters in the system. They're probably going to gatekeep certain parts of it. And you're going to run into issues where maybe an external system might not have those limitations. And so I think there'll still be a... a path a decision that you can make that is still valid i agree like, uh, so in maybe, terms of which yeah. which way you go like certain use cases you use yeah. an external tool but right um but then but then again you're i think in that case though you're kind of on your own you need to be really yeah. careful yeah. because you don't have yeah if you're mom I, and pop you're, you should, you probably should let salesforce do it i mean I, I do feel like you know when you know when when open ai when they released chat gpt and it it you know captured the the world that Salesforce immediately, and maybe even before this, right? Maybe I mean, mm-hmm. OpenAI might have come to Salesforce a year before that and said, "Hey, this is this is what we got. Do you want to start working on it now?" Yeah. So that Salesforce maybe has been working on this for two years, and you know, I don't know. I just feel like if they again, if they do this right, I think they they have a great opportunity for a really compelling product that people will be like, "Yep, I'm, we're paying for that because that's is cha- going to change how we do business." Well, I think that uh, – how can I say this? I think they reacted to it. I think they had the, the infrastructure and the tooling I, and the, I agree. No, the, I the think... people to be able to to quickly switch to generative. Yeah. But I think they were still trying to solve old they were old machine learning problems, every, which was like was. image recognition yeah. and sentiment analysis and all those kind of things. They weren't thinking about generative until GPT came no, no, along. No. Well, the funny thing was, you know, this was invented at, at Google, the transformer. It was Google, right? With uh, DeepMind, they, they kind of added the transformer bit, yeah. which, again, I, I this is way over my pay grade. But that's my understanding is that that kind of changed the game. That's the They were the first ones to, to do that. They just uh, well, Benioff but, but just, even Google got caught flat-footed yeah, by well, OpenAI. Benioff is—he's he, thrown the curtain. He spread the uh, the goal line very wide when he said Einstein's going to become autonomous. <laughs> that was a weird metaphor. <laughs> when he said it was going to be autonomous, so he he threw in Einstein as as an AI. Then he threw in Einstein as as a generative yeah. uh, uh, product, and then he threw in the autonomous part of it. You know, and that's. I thought he was trying to not scare us. Like that's kind of scary, right? I just, I just picture we're gonna have Einstein no, in the little the glass jar, like like a Futurama. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> that's what that's what yeah. our new Einstein's gonna look like. Yep. They they need to bring back the Einstein doll, the little little speaker doll, and but just in a in a jar, in a jar filled yeah. with uh, a glass globe. Yeah, yeah, like some kind of weird AI embryonic fluid or something. Yeah. <laughs> that's what we've been doing for ten years of this core AI innovation. When we first released Einstein. That was the big idea. We're not looking at your data. Your data is not our product. We are here. I actually think that is, again, something that Salesforce is kind of uniquely positioned to do, and that's kind of compelling. Yeah. I, I just, again, ex- proof is in the pudding, and that's all how they execute. But I, if they can do that, this, this, this might be how Salesforce takes the next step in their growth and everything. I agree. Yeah. To do one thing. To make you better. Yeah. To make you better. Oh, goodness, John. Okay. This next one. Oh, next one. This is the lead that's been buried. Yeah, I had to find this one. Again, we're going to have to, we're going to keep going your your clips. I don't even know if I, I don't, yeah. Okay. (laughs) Let's just, 
suspended. You seem offended. What, what, I'm, what, like, actually, what I'm offended by is I did a lot of work too, and then we're not going to get to use any of it. All right, here we go. If we want to get to the AI nirvana, and we want to rebuild all of our applications, and we want to build these verticals, and we want to do all these amazing things that you read about on these VC blogs about what the future looks like. But well, we know what websites Benioff reads. Yeah, but he almost said that in some in a condescending way. These VC blogs, I know. you know, it's just dismissive. Like, yeah, they're they're junk food. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. you want to bring it in with trust. You're going to need to have these key parts, and you're also going to have to make it available to non-programmers, not just hardline coders. Loin. Look, there's hard less loin. than ten yeah. million hardline coders in the world. There's less than ten million hardline coders in the world. Now, can we? Why don't you break that down for me, John? What do you think that? It means that 10 million developers that they sold us a couple of years ago, 10 years ago, was a lie. Yeah. And man, I'm not. I think to... they literally had a slide that said 10 million developers at, at one of the at one of the uh, Dreamforce events. that was like that I attended, mm-hmm. which meant this was like a number of years ago. Five, six years ago. Yeah. I'm actually I'm gonna I'm gonna pause the show in a minute because I'm I, I'm gonna have to find somebody in our in our Slack community had really uh, I'm, I'll say this okay let's let's continue still but the low coders and the no coders the people who can pro- non programmatically put it all together these are our trailblazers all right I'm gonna rewind this because this is maybe the most I mean honestly it kind of hurts my feelings. This hurts my feelings, if I'm being honest. Yeah. The people who can pro- non-programmatically put it all together, these are our trailblazers. And- yeah. Well, shit, you just said it, dude. You just, you just came out and said it. Yeah. And what, you know what? The thing is, like, it's not even true. No. It's not even true. And I know he's got... Wall Street to sell to, and he's got customers and a whole a global market he's selling to. But you don't have to do that. Salesforce can be a big tent. Trailblazer can be a big tent. Why are you pushing me out, bro? They've been doing it for years. Though. I know. But we're all all of us hardline coders who are. And don't, don't even use the word, Dude, please. Hey, I love. Don't even. <laughs> I, I I love. I love my low-coding brethren. They're doing great stuff. They have, they're doing stuff that I don't want to do. Why are we referring to each other in these kind of like... I don't know, because this is... These groups, these classes. This is the box I've been put in, John. They put us in this box. I I know, I'm just saying. I mean... And you know why they put us in this box? Because I had this epiphany earlier this morning, in fact. I don't know why this hardliner thing has been bugging me for days, for week, for the week that I heard you mention it and changed our Slack channel tag <laughs> channel to it. I'm like, what the hell is this? To seeing everyone's reaction to trying to figure out what it, what was said, and and what it comes down to is they've changed what they refer to admins, what they refer to implementers, what they refer to developers as often as they change the name of a cloud. Yeah, and the epiphany is that. Those are just marketing terms. They don't give a crap about us. We're just marketing tools for them. Yeah. The reason they change what they call us so often is because they need a new buzzword. They need something new to put on the on the newsreels. They need talking points. Exactly. 
We are and, just tools. And I get it. I get it. But I just, I'm saying they could have, they can do better. They can do better. Is all I I'm don't want to be included in their marketing. No, that's, well, then you shouldn't, you get, need to get out into a different industry though. No. But uh, but my point is, does they, Microsoft do that to the to to their billions of yes, developers? Yes, but they do it. Since better. Salesforce has millions, Microsoft must have no, billions. But Microsoft embraces their developers. They bought GitHub. They, they refer do. to us as hardliners. Or no, coders. I know. That's what I'm saying. Salesforce, we us hardline developers are just as important to Salesforce as Microsoft developers are to Microsoft. <clears throat> they don't call us VS coders. So, so they just they need to adjust the narrative. That's the problem. This is they they've. This it's is not, not it's right. not the narrative. It's it the lack the of respect for developers and everything. Well, but that, that just doesn't even – it's hard for me to believe that because Salesforce employs thousands of developers that build all this stuff. So I, I can't believe they have a lack of respect for developers. I think this is just a miss on the narrative and some of the terminology. And Benioff has been doing this song and dance for so long. I, I think he started to believe the developers are evil and that it's these low-code tools – no, and these trailblazers no, that, no. that will save the world. I just I disagree with you on it. I don't think he thinks we're evil. I just think he he knows, and the marketing team knows that they have to sell the Fisher Price version of enterprise software. It's got to be easy. Instead of you know having to instead of that you know little electronics kit you got where you kept, you're plugging in circuits and connecting little things and all that stuff. It's got mm-hmm. it's got to be the Fisher Price version with just four big ass buttons on it. <laughs> Yeah, but but the thing is, and even that is, I don't, I don't even like what I just said there because I feel like that's again they put us in these boxes. But I feel like I'm denigrating all of the low code guys out there, guys and gals who are doing bad. I mean, there are some great, and I'll call them developers, even though they don't like they don't write code. They're still developers. They're doing some awesome stuff. They're problem solvers, just like us. I know. We're I know. All problem know, solvers. We Why all can't have, we all just be that? I know. We all have roles, and many of us cross roles. We're 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 cross trained. We do low code. We do. What was wrong with pro code, John? Or you know what? What was wrong with developer? Hang what on. was wrong with business analyst? What was wrong with architect? What was know. wrong with developers? I don't, I don't know. Those were great terms that that everyone subscribed to, yeah. and we were fine with. Yeah. Why did they have to split us up into these these make believe roles so they could put it on some marketing spiel? I don't know. I'm I'm going to chalk this up to this is a mistake, and I don't think we'll hear this again. Uh, we'll I mean, see. We'll uh, see. We're not going to hear a hardliner again. I, I, I would. I'll, Maybe. Listen. I will bet you a f- badass steak dinner of your choice. Okay? <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. In the next year. Here's In the next bet. year. Okay. What's yep. the time frame? One year. One so year f- one year from today. Let's say. Let's say we'll give it through the next Dreamforce. Meaning that after the next after, Dreamforce, after, we won't hear hardliners. No. 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 I don't think you're going to hear it. I'm, 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 I'm saying you're never going to hear it. And if, and if we don't hear that again, after the next Dreamforce, then I've won the bet and you've lost. And I have to buy you a stick dinner. Yep. All right. Jim, I'm talking about, keep us I'm, honest. Dude, I'm talking about, hang on. Cocktails before dinner? Appetizers? A bottle of wine? You know, a, bad, a badass steak? <laughs> and, and, a, and a badass... Uh, whiskey after dinner that's this is this is not this is going to be 300 bucks a person all right all right i'll take it okay the community if you hear I any should, semblance of the word hardliner anywhere maybe, out there it may be more than three does, does, does benioff have to be the one to say it or any any part of salesforce any part of salesforce that's right. my bet i know i'm gone this is 
I'm probably going to lose this, but uh, you're going to get so poor. <laughs> but th- this is how this is how strongly I feel that I I think this did. I don't. I'm not even sure this was in the script. The hardliner. Yeah, maybe not. I think it might not have been in the script. But I. I mean, in my heart, I hope that it was not in the script, and that they realized this was a mistake. But Benioff doesn't just make up words. He he uses words because he's heard these words. He goes to Davos and they all talk and they have these, they hear these terms like moonshot or, or what was some of the other ones that he, yeah. the, uh, the, the fourth moon, the industrial moon, the revolution, the re- all the revolutions well, that, was, that we've that had. Was, that was Klaus Schwab. Okay. Fourth, that's world economic forum stuff, which I don't even want to get into. I'm just saying he uses these words and they have meaning behind them. Yeah. This, this could just be a throwaway term that he tossed in there, but I no, find and, that and hard and to and believe. That was a job thing. He stumbled um, on no coders and low coders. He could have said coders, but he said hardliners twice. He used that word I know, on purpose. I, know. I mean, that's that's what I'm not that's what I'm not convinced about. Anyway, I don't want to. Also, I don't want to make um, more of a deal of this than what it was. It just, but it it hurt. It hurt. I I don't think we are. I the, think there. I've seen some th- some things people have written about it, and it, it really cut to people to be called a hard, it did. hardliner. Oh no, I know, and that's why I'm gonna I'm gonna pause in a minute and find. Someone really, I mean, we've, there's been a lot of comments. You're talking about the one on LinkedIn? Discussion. No, no, this is in the Good Day Source Slack. Oh, there's a LinkedIn one? Yeah. Yeah. So, again, yeah, I, man, I make mistakes all the time. I make a lot of mistakes. And if someone did a podcast about my mistakes and beat me up about it, <laughs> that'd be terrible, you know? So, yeah. yeah. Of course, I'm also not, you know, a billionaire running a $100 billion yeah. company. So. Yeah. Life gets you down. Just uh, get know. on your yacht. So go to your I, island in listen, Hawaii. All, and de- I mean, you know, think about all the inartful words you've used in your relationships and things over time. When you, oh, you on know, this show, I, I, exactly on the show. I say, I may, I regret. How many times do I tell you, oh, John, I had to cut something out. I just said a dumb thing. Like here's a new file, right? Yeah, I do that, and I can't even listen to the show sometimes because I know, I, know like, I said something I, really so, dumb. I get it. I get it, man. So I, that's what I'm saying. I don't. Want, I don't want to bust balls too much here. Um, just it, it was, you know. Is what it is. Yeah, but we don't put ourselves in a leadership position. I know. And he does. Yeah. Yeah. And he should have done the work to prepare. And if he did do the work to prepare, then this was intentional. If he didn't do the work to prepare, then this was was, uh, negligence? Yeah, maybe. Negligence. And that's that's exactly. So I I honestly think it was negligence and not malice. Right. That's that's a show title? I'd like that title. We're keeping that title. Negligence. Not malice. Oh, it's hard to spell these words. Uh, at this point in my uh, in my in my day, not malice. Um, anyway, okay. Well, let's let's continue with this clip because we're we have a little bit more to go. These people are so important to make that happen. Look at that. We've got to make this available in this low code, no code way. And which which is fine. I agree. Yeah. I agree. I agree. That's part I agree. That's fine. Nothing wrong with that. Yep. We have to. But that doesn't mean you have to denigrate. Right. The others. You know. Keep it open. We could, we all have roles here. That's my point. We all have important roles here. Yeah. So that all of our partners and all of our ecosystem can participate in this AI revolution. Okay. Because if we know one thing, I like that. We know it's the trailblazers who are going to lead us forward. I just I just I want to be in that. I should be considered in that group, though. Right. And it's the trailblazers who will lead. <laughs> The AI revolution. <laughs> Trailbladers. <laughs> That's definitely, it's already on the soundboard. It's, I mean. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see. AI, uh, let's get to the next one here. We, get, we have to 
start flying through. There was only two more to go, but also I, I have to pause and find that comment. So, okay. Okay. This is going to be very important. We all know, and we all have in our mind what could happen if this AI thing goes really wrong. Right? Oh, you can probably skip this. Do we this all was understand in the that? Plan B. The this was in our oh, was? audience. Or, yeah, you can okay. go to ten. Ten is the closeout. We okay. can skip that. Amazing. Amazing. Okay. Well, we did it. We've shown you our Einstein One platform, the trusted AI platform for customer companies. We showed you how it's intelligent, it's integrated, automated, low code, no code, open. We've hit the whole Megillah, the whole part of the it, whole everything. <laughs> we are really excited. Is. What's the whole Megillah? Okay. But Hang on. This is just the. F- is that a title? <laughs> and I don't know how to spell Megillah. I don't either. <laughs> but I don't know what the whole Megillah is. I'm not going to one up. Oops. <laughs> First hour of the show. <laughs> I missed that, actually. I did not even catch that. <laughs> we are just at the beginning of Dreamforce, aren't we? And now we are starting three days of amazing technology sessions, thousands of programs that we've put together for you. And we expect you to go to each and every single one of them, by the way. I mean, was he trying to say enchilada? <laughs> <laughs> I think he's drunk. I think he's still drunk from the night before. We've got an amazing event tomorrow night with the Foo Fighters. That was a good show. But most of all, actually, I got to say, that was a freaking great show. You know, because I always wonder, like, all these just these private corporate gigs that these big bands get paid to do. It's like, they're like, oh, okay. Because, you know, a lot of them are just, oh, capitalism, man, you know. And they probably, uh, you know, stick their nose up at these private corporate gigs. No, no, they just, they're just hypocritical about it. They say, but oh, they capitalism, are. and then they take these private gigs. Right. Yeah, they should get uh, Rage Against the Machine to come in and do it. <laughs> oh, I love Rage Against the Machine. I don't agree with other politics, but I love Rage Against the Machine. Well, they should definitely should rename. No, I, I agree with their like earlier politics. Yeah. Well, no, they should definitely should rename now to Rage for the Machine. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. the, the 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 early Rage Against the Machines, the the you know when they the inception of it, man, they were so awesome. But that, and I, I mean, loved what they said. See, Foo Fighters put on a hell of a show, man. Yeah. They 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 left it out. Not there. That was that was a good show. We have all of you. So thank you. Really excited about Dreamforce. Have a great show. All right, so now is when it's going to pause. If I can pause. All right, I found this is this is from our Slack, and as as our normal um, practice, I'm not I'm not going to you know I'm not going to we're not going to say who this was. I'd love to give this person credit, but you know they didn't. I don't know if they want credit. So right, we keep it anonymous. Um, so it starts with you know Ohan is more dead now. Okay, whatever. Um, but. Given the marketing and professional services juggernaut heralding the superior benefits of no slash low code, his term exposed and inflamed the obvious underlying tensions in the Salesforce space between engineers focused on creating maintainable and scalable solutions and Salesforce's exact focused alternative, uh, meaning like short-term dollars and cents focused. As mentioned beforehand, with ProCoder having an admiral perception, this new term seems highly likely introduced to further tarnish the image of those putting healthy u- of those pursuing healthy use of well-engineered solutions. I'm more saddened by the further proactive segregation within the community. Well said. Yeah, it really was. Um, I mean, obviously, we had a, a lots of discussion about this in, in the Good Days for Slack. John. <laughs> for people and i i just we we're i got we got to wrap up um yeah. so i I'll, I'll figure out like what clips i have that you didn't have 
there are a couple I, I did want to go back to. So we'll figure that out uh, next time we record, probably a couple weeks from now. But for people not in the Good Day Sir Slack, which a lot of, a lot of them are going to be new, mm-hmm. so they don't know about it. But for those who have just been like, they've been listening for months or years, they're not in. Shame on you, first of all. Because we are a, um, we are a big tent. We accept all levels of coding, including no coding, all the way up to pro coding. Yeah. Um, and we help each other out and we, coding? and we provide emotional support when that's needed. And we, <laughs> we provide comical support when that's needed. How do you get in this community, John? And now I, it's, there's gotta be a, a, certainly like an annual subscription fee, probably along the lines of the information. What is that? A, about a grand a year, a couple of grand a year. That's kind of, I mean, 35, 40 a month. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. So 500 a year, maybe. Okay. Yeah. So it's really, uh, what's the good day sir up to? Is it 500 a year now? Or uh, if you join today, it's at the low, low price of $0. What? You've got to be kidding me. No. Okay. Well, how do, uh, this is, okay. They might, they have to get in now before this, the, before this promotion. Right. You got to right? get in now. So how do you do that? You go to www.gooddaysirpodcast.com forward slash community or click on the button that says community. Fill out the form. That'll send an email to me. It is manual. But I'll add you in as soon as I can. Yeah, which is you're you are Johnny on the spot. I do my best. You're John. Sometimes on the spot. I'm asleep because we have an international audience, but I try to get you in there. I just realized your middle initial is E. You are literally Johnny on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and just um, I share us share us on the socials. That's why is that so hard to say? Because um, you're drunk. Tell, yeah, tell your friends. Share it. I mean. Um, I did some evangelizing and sharing when I was in Dreamforce. I I, I uh, ran into some people, and I you know I'm, this is the, that's the type of person I am. Like I've, I'm like I recognize their face from Twitter. I'm like I forget your name. Mm-hmm. I know I've seen your stuff. I just want to come up and say hi, and they're like, I did this all the time. And they're like, well, they're like, huh? Who are you? I'm like I'm Jeremy Ross. And I'm like, oh okay, I don't recognize your name. Okay. And then you say, show me around. No, I, like, okay. I say, well, I mean, have you ever heard of the good? Uh, so this is this is <laughs> sad or. or good i don't know but i'm like well have you heard of the good day sir oh yeah oh you're one of the good day sir guys <laughs> <laughs> that's a good reaction you know it is i'm i'll take that every day that's fine with me um <laughs> so i definitely i definitely did did some sharing on on the in-person socials mm-hmm. but uh yeah if, if everyone can just you know like i said we're we're um we're we're a small but mighty team i'm a small but mighty army so uh, I don't know when we became an army, but <laughs> I, I just say, which share it to like-minded people, yeah, or unlike, unlike-minded. Well, that's true. That's true as well. I mean, we enjoy a good debate. We do exactly. We we love debates. Yeah. Um. So anyway, what else, John? How do we How do we end this show? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Like just this episode. Sorry. How do we end this episode? What else? Oh, you're putting me on the spot. Uh, you can email us. Email in, us. Info yeah. at goodaysirpodcast.com. Uh, questions. This, this comes in privately questions. to John and I, so it's not like it goes to any kind of public thing. So if you want to send us some private feedback or questions or something you want us to talk about on the show, we we do that. Um, or if you but, just want my personal email, because that's what I respond from. Oh, well, that's true. Oh, there's a little <laughs> little hack right there. Yeah, there's a hack to get my personal email, because <laughs> that's, what, that's what I respond from. Uh, all right. Well... Let's see. I can't ha- hang on. Okay. All right, John. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. No, no. I'm queued up. <laughs> yeah. I'm ready to go. And to that, I say good day, sir. You get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. Yeah, you should clap for that.